Chapter 4 Effortless Contemplation Quote from Teresa of Avila, Christian Tradition It is like rain falling from the heavens into a river or spring. There is nothing but water there, and it is impossible to divide or separate the water belonging to the river from that which fell from the heavens. Or it is as if a tiny streamlet enters the sea, from which it will find no way of separating itself, or as if in a room there were two large windows through which the light streamed in. It enters in different places, but it all becomes one. The most difficult practice to undertake at the time of death is effortless contemplation. Essentially, effortless contemplation is a practice of inquiry. Actually, one could say that it is the ultimate practice of inquiry. As the name suggests, however, it does not involve any form of intellectual probing, philosophical analysis, or even mental concentration. Quite the opposite, which is why effortless contemplation is not only difficult to practice but also to describe. In fact, most explanations end up sounding quite paradoxical. For example, the great Taoist sage Lao Tzu writes about it this way, Seeking knowledge, one does more every day. Seeking the way, one does less every day. One does less and less until at last one does nothing. When one does nothing, there is nothing that is left undone. Some people think effortless contemplation is peculiar to Taoism, but of course it is found in other mystical traditions as well. Thus, Ramana Maharshi advises the advanced seeker to make no effort either to work or to renounce. Your effort is the bondage. Likewise, Meister Eckhart says this of the Godhead, The more one seeks you, the less one finds you. You should so seek him that you find him nowhere. If you do not seek him, then you will find him. Perhaps the Dzogchen texts of Tibetan Buddhism give the most elaborate expositions of effortless contemplation. Here is one example from Long Chenpa's The Jewel Ship. Listen, great being, understand in this way. The way things appear are one in their pure fact of being. Do not make any corrections here. This king, uncontrived sameness, is the conceptless deep experience of the fundamental dimension of reality. Simply stay with that. When meditating on pure, unborn reality, what appears is neither concretized nor latched onto. Just relax in the reality of this blissful, self-generating, pristine awareness. In the Tibetan tradition, to die in such a state is called dying while remaining in the nature of mind and is considered the most desirable practice for passing through death's gate. Thus, Bokar Rinpoche writes, By far the best way to die is to remain without distraction within the essence of mind, which is the nature of the mind beyond illusion. It must be emphasized, however, that remaining in the nature of the mind beyond illusion does not mean just lying around lost in a stupor of fantasies and daydreams. Although it is indeed effortless, the kind of total abandonment of striving which characterizes this practice is actually very hard to achieve, for as Simone Weil observes, 
there is an easiness in salvation which is more difficult to us than all our efforts. The key is that you must, as Bokar Rinpoche said, be able to engage in effortless contemplation without distraction. Consequently, effortless contemplation should only be undertaken by advanced practitioners, that is, those who have attained meditative stabilization and have extensive training in this type of practice. The following set of instructions, then, is not meant to introduce newcomers to effortless contemplation, but only to act as a series of reminders for those who have had prior experience with this practice. Instructions for Practicing Effortless Contemplation Step 1. Preliminaries 1. If you are able to, sit in your normal meditation posture. If your illness prevents this or makes it too difficult, assume the most comfortable position you can. 2. Focus on your breath or some other meditation object to stabilize your attention. 3. After a few minutes, Cease to focus on any particular object and practice choiceless awareness, simply observing whatever objects arise and pass in consciousness. Notice the following about each object. It is impermanent. It has no existence apart from consciousness itself. Being a form of consciousness, it is transparent to it. Step 2. Being Reminded Note, you can either read the following reminders yourself or have someone read them to you. In either case, they should be read slowly, giving you a chance to contemplate each one before going on to the next. 1. Without fixing your attention on anything, just consider. Is there consciousness of sights? Is there consciousness of sounds? Is there consciousness of sensations? Is there consciousness of feelings? Is there consciousness of thoughts? This very consciousness, which is here right now, is that eternal, self-luminous reality you have been striving to realize all along. Since this consciousness is already here, your striving is unnecessary. 2. Abandon all concepts about your experience and simply observe. See how appearances arise in consciousness. Since whatever appears is already present, how can it be avoided? See how appearances pass in consciousness. Since whatever has passed is no longer present, how can it be grasped? See how everything appears without the least obstruction. Since nothing obstructs appearances, there are no obstacles to be removed. See how everything passes without the least hindrance. Since everything is self-liberating, there is nothing to be set free. Relax into this effortless contemplation of how things actually are. 3. Without making any adjustments, continue to observe. Although you say, forms arise in consciousness, can you really separate consciousness from its forms? Is not consciousness like an ocean and forms its waves? Because consciousness and forms are ultimately inseparable, duality never existed. How then can it be transcended? 
although you say, I am aware of such and such an object, can you truly distinguish between yourself and the object? Where does self end and the object begin? Because subject and object are in reality indistinguishable, delusion never originated. How then can it be dispelled? 4. Look, reality is staring you right in the face. You say you cannot eliminate yourself, but there is no self to eliminate. You say you have not attained enlightenment, but there is not the slightest thing to attain. You say, I am ignorant of my true identity, but how can this be? What else is there besides this infinite, eternal, non-dual field of consciousness and form which is already present right here and now, and now, and now? Therefore, surrender all desire for attainment and just be what you are, consciousness itself. Step 3. Practicing Without Formal Reminders once you have gotten used to contemplating in this way, it is sufficient to remember these three basic rules. Do not grasp anything. Do not reject anything. Be whatever is. This applies particularly to situations where you experience states of exceptional clarity or have feelings of great bliss or profound insights. Such experiences will generate thoughts like, Ah, this is gnosis. Now I am definitely enlightened. But as clarity gives way to confusion, bliss to frustration, and profound insights to mental chatter, you will think, Now I have lost my enlightenment and become deluded once again. How depressing! When this happens, you must remember that enlightenment is not a place in which to settle, nor is gnosis a state that needs to be maintained. All experiences, all feelings, all states, whether sacred or mundane, are by their very nature transient and ephemeral. Without making any attempt either to hold on to them or push them away, simply remain identified with consciousness itself and continue to practice effortlessly. Step 4. Practicing Informally if you intend to make effortless contemplation your primary death practice, you should practice it not only formally, during set times of the day, but you should also try to integrate it with all your other activities, eating, drinking, laughing, crying, talking, reading, going to the bathroom, etc. Even when you are dozing or sound asleep, identify with the boundless space of consciousness itself and allow all things, images, and feelings to arise and pass effortlessly within it. The Fruit of Practicing Effortless Contemplation By practicing effortless contemplation, you will develop a realization that the self is, as the Buddhists say, empty of any inherent existence. Thus, while objects continue to appear in consciousness, the delusion that they are being experienced by some one will temporarily subside. This state of profound selflessness, or consciousness without a subject, is often a prelude to full awakening. What is missing is the complementary realization that not only does the self lack any inherent existence, 
but so do objects. Consequently, as long as objects still seem to exist in their own right, there is no gnosis. However, if you can remain in a state of consciousness without a subject as you pass through death's gate, then when consciousness without an object finally dawns in the seventh stage, you will realize that the now-vanished objects were themselves only imaginary projections of this objectless consciousness. Furthermore, you will realize that your own consciousness without a subject is in fact indistinguishable from, and thus identical to, consciousness without an object. In other words, you will directly and simultaneously apprehend not only the true nature of yourself, but also the true nature of all objects and all worlds, which is to say, consciousness without an object and without a subject. This is enlightenment, the end of the path. Conclusion As was already said, effortless contemplation is the most difficult of all death practices and therefore should only be relied upon at the time of actual death by advanced practitioners. However, even if you are only an intermediate or beginning practitioner, it is a good idea to have some familiarity with it. The reason is that the crisis of death may itself spontaneously generate effortless contemplation. If this happens, there is a danger that you will not recognize what is occurring because effortless contemplation does not feel like a practice at all. Consequently, you may think, this is too easy to be right, and try to resume your death prayer or practice of self-sacrifice. However, if the state of effortless contemplation you find yourself in is genuine, this would be a serious mistake. But how can you tell if it is genuine? Ask yourself if you are thoroughly detached from, yet at the same time totally identified with everything that is happening. In spite of pain, fear, and any other difficulties, do you nevertheless feel an unshakable peace permeating the entire field of consciousness? Most importantly, are you perfectly happy? If so, stop worrying about whether or not you are practicing correctly. Drop any images you may have about what Gnosis is supposed to be and just allow the grace of this happiness to carry you where it will, for truly you are now beyond all striving and non-striving, and there literally is nothing more for you to do.